0: Welcome to Tilly's Trans Tuesdays. This week we're discussing something I never anticipated, but was absolutely delighted to discover after transition. It's another way a whole new part of life opened up for me. So let's talk about compliments. Hi, I'm Tilly Bridges, your host, and I'm joined by my writing partner, my best friend, my wife, our token cis representation, the smartest, funniest, prettiest lady I've ever known, Susan Bridges. All right, I won't argue with you on this one. Oh, (laughs) good thing I didn't put Humble in there. Uh. Our returning guest is Alexis Susie. She's a growing YouTuber and model who focuses on trans visibility by sharing her life experiences on her channel, trans Cinderella. She's also an avid Lego builder who spent a year building large-scale models for Legoland parks and resorts all over the world. When she's not building Lego, she's building and fixing WordPress websites for her day job. Welcome back, Alexis. Thanks for having me. Okay, so I've got to hear more about this large-scale Lego building for Legoland. Like, how do you get that job? Do you design those? How long does it take? Is there a room uh, with a billion Legos they give you access to? I'm
1: fascinated. There are. There is a room. It's it's an entire warehouse, actually. Oh, wow. I know, but with the current political climate, it'll be a long time. But if you ever do make the trip over here, I still have friends there. Maybe we can arrange something. So it, it's kind of an amazing experience. I, I will admit the pay is not great. It's why I don't do it anymore.
2: Mm. But
1: it really what it is, it's literally an, it, an entire, it used to be an old Harley Davidson showroom down in, it's near Lakeland, Florida. So it's it's not directly attached to Legoland Park. Although if you go to Legoland, they currently have like kind of an exhibit that is a, a pretty similar mock-up of what our office looks like. And it is literally just, Stacks and stacks of bins of Lego
0: that
1: we're given a digital file, like a 3D model that is broken down layer by layer. And just like you choose the bricks that you need, like all you, as long as it matches the outside shape, that's all that matters. And so the amount of work that goes into like a single model for a park, it, it can vary. Some projects take two, three days. Others take a team of people a full two months, working basically around the clock. Knowing you guys are in California, recently I was actually on the team that built SoFi Stadium, which is a the world record holding largest Lego stadium on the planet. I was wow. part of the team. I built three huge chunks of that. Wow. No, so it's, uh, it's, and there's actually, there's video... I think on like the Legoland social media stuff, like if you you have to go back about a year now, but around the Super Bowl, that's when they, we like, we're able to release it and show off. And you can see kind of the process that we went through to, to build it. And it's all like sped up and it's insane. The scale of it, like I could have slept inside the stadium, like once it was all finished building. So
0: very cool it's sad that they didn't pay more because it sounds like one of the coolest jobs yeah. that i've ever heard
1: of yeah mm-hmm. it it really is and there's there's a team of designers that works on stuff is like that all they do is design the models that we build and teams around the world that do that stuff too so there's one in london there's one um lego has their own specific team in i think it's in poland that they do all the huge pr models so anything you see at like the lego brand stores and stuff like that like like the huge sculpture of maleficent and prince philip fight you know as the dragon form fighting that's outside the disney spring store like that's all built by a team specifically in poland and they actually have a very specific style of the way they build that's different from
0: the shops and we have a bit of a rivalry as a result (laughs) oh well you know what i think is most surprising to me is that you build these things and then ship them where they're going that's yes wow it's, i would think you it would be easier to build them on site but
1: no it's it's really complicated there's an entire yeah. team dedicated just to the shipping and things break during shipping even though it's yeah. all like we use like it, it we don't even use glue we use like this industrial grade custom solvents that actually melts the plastic together and stuff still breaks apart so wow
2: wow yeah.
0: wow fascinating well What's for you has been one of the most surprising things about your transition?
1: I think the most surprising thing about transitioning for at least for and you'd think this like living in Florida, it would be the opposite, is how little people care. Like the average general public, like we're so inundated with media. Yeah, that that indicates all this trans hate. And it's what kept me from transitioning for a long, long time. Like I had the ink, the first inklings of that I was trans in my twenties, but I just kind of stuffed it down and, you know, that's probably an entire episode of (laughs) the way I handled that. And even after I first started a social transition and I had to back out of it because I was dealing with some complications with my divorce that I was like, no, I'm going to have to detransition because this is getting too weird. It's being brought up in ways it shouldn't. The vast majority of people as I've been now over two years since I've been on HRT and living full-time, most people don't, like, forget the bathroom situation that I've talked about before, just in general, walking around the mall, like, I don't get stares usually. Like, if I haven't shaved or something, maybe, but, like, I can go to Walmart and, like, not without makeup on, you know, throw my hair in a ponytail and nobody blinks at me because it's just, most people just want to be left alone I, I think that's kind of the general vibe of the American public. Like, yeah, there's obviously people that are like, look at me, but, and I say that as a person with a YouTube channel, but <laughs> like, I'm self-aware, but, you know, I just, I think a lot of people just don't like, they don't want to be bothered. And so they don't bother you. Yeah. It, and people understand that like, oh, if I, if I'm bu- going around bugging people all day, people are gonna start bugging me and. They don't want that to come back on them. So, that yeah. that was the most surprising thing because everything I had been told through following social media and you know watching the news and stuff like that, it was was that it was the opposite. It's that yeah. oh everyone's going to notice you, everyone's going to point and laugh, everyone's going to stare. And I still internalize that. Like when I'm getting yeah. ready, I'll start like before I go leave the house, I make sure like okay is you know it, it, is any facial hair showing, which is like my biggest dysphoria trigger. And so it's like. I am hyper aware of every little tiny thing. And I'll ask my wife, I'll ask my kids, like, do, do you see anything? Do, it, does it look good? Is it showing through? Like if I'm wearing makeup, is my beard shadow showing through? Yeah. And they're always like, no, nobody sees this but you.
0: Yeah. And that's I, I do the, the I was same like, thing oh. with Susan. I always have her check of like, is my makeup OK? I have this this fear that I am going to go out and some cis women are going to be like, well, your makeup looks bad. Obviously, you're trans. Mm-hmm. Not that I, I, again, I don't mind being known as trans, but I don't want to be, you know, singled out for something. And it's it's a ridiculous thing because, you know, there are plenty of cis women that do makeup weird and differently, and it's it's not a thing. But it, you know, I think that's part of like our our transphobic society wants you to feel that way to prevent you from transitioning, right? Because it upends society a bit. But it is important to remember that while the the bigots are real, and you have to take them seriously and be safe. They're a very loud, very small minority. You know, I've mentioned on this show multiple times, you could see it in the 2022 elections. Every Republican that campaigned on anti-trans rhetoric lost their race. It's not Absolutely. a popular thing in, in society. So th- the news and and social media definitely amplify that very tiny minority and make their voice louder, but they're not... They're not the majority of people out there. We even see it here in
1: Florida, like with all of the terrible bills and anti-trans stuff that DeSantis has pushed, it's not even remotely as popular as the voting record in the state house suggests. You talk to people that actually know the people in those rooms. Most of them are just voting out of fear of either being attacked by their own party or having their legislative agenda suddenly backburnered or things like that and which could impact their reelection they're not doing it because they agree with it now don't get me wrong people like webster barnaby still exist and think that we're demons and imps and all of that stuff you know like magneto was right but at the same time the vast majority of people don't hate us yeah but at the same time they also may not lift a finger to stop the people that do And so you kind of have to be aware of that too.
2: And I do my best to tell you if I see something, but I'm the least likely person to notice anything. So I try to <laughs> you see something like what? Like you're like, do I have? Oh, a yeah. Shadow? Like, I don't notice things about people like. Well, that's true. When Tilly goes anywhere, she's always looking at people. And so she always sees like celebrities and stuff. And I didn't look at anyone. No. Ever because I don't care. I just love faces. OK, but. You do. OK. I just I'm one of those people who literally will never notice anything. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't care.
0: (laughs) And it's funny
1: because my wife is the same way, but at the same time, she'll always be like, you just, you're not noticed. you like, you need to pay more attention. I'm like, what? Of all people to say this, like I'm the one that needs to pay more attention. I'm pointing stuff out to you left and right. And you're like, what? I
0: didn't see that. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what's one piece of advice that you would give to people who are just starting their transitions?
1: Oh, I get this question a lot. And in, it feels so cliche but patience. Yep. Like I it's and it's really funny cuz like I want to say it was like day 3 of starting HRT for me. I already knew the the response. I was making a joke and I was like, "Okay, I've been on HRT for 3 days. Where are my boobs?" And <laughs> yeah. I got like all these comments like, "Patience, honey, it's going to take a little bit of time." I'm like, "I know. That was the joke." <laughs> like it's like, because it's so common and it's like it, I I have friends that I think a two Facebook friends very recently just started HRT this week. And I'm like, okay, just gonna wait for them to be. And one actually started injections right away. And I was like, girl, how did you start that? Like, that is brave. Like, I know we don't like to be say the whole, like, oh, you're you're so brave, but like, if you're willing to jump straight into injections, I'm impressed. Because Listen, I'm I don't even like, do that yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm three years into HRT, and I'm I'm not on injections. I'm I'm scared of needles, so I'm I don't want to jab myself. But yeah, I think that's why I think so many people, when I ask to this, answer it the same way because it's just that important. That it just it just takes time, and it can't be rushed, no matter what you do, and you can't avoid that. So you just have to come to terms with that. Despite what the
2: transphobes say, despite what the transphobes think, oh yeah, and say, yeah, <laughs> it is not. Fast. It's happening it, it, so fast. Well, nope. The apparently establishment isn't very good at that then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Apparently I can just, you know, walk into my doctor's office tomorrow and just walk out with bottom surgery, top yep, surgery, yeah. facial feminization. It's that easy. And the government's going to pay for all of it.
2: I yeah. wish. Yeah. I've like, have you ever gone to the doctor like in your life for anything? For anything? Yeah. They don't give you anything.
0: Okay. Well, Remind people again where they can find you online if they'd like to look you up after listening.
1: Well, the best way to find it, find me is just to search for Transcinderella. It's my handle for all the things. So whether that's, my tw- Twitter is still technically active, but I'm most active on Instagram. My Facebook is private. So, but I do have a Facebook page, like fan page or whatever that- Yeah, yeah right, right. right. And all that. And I'm, hopefully by the time this episode goes live, I will have a website,
0: transcinderella.com. Excellent. All good things. Okay, so there are two sides to compliments, and both are actually an unexpected benefit to being out as trans that I would never realized would be a thing. So for my entire life, I've dug ladies. I don't mean that I'm attracted to them, though I am, but just, you know, as a concept, you can see the way this complicated discovering my own transness in the Trans Tuesday on disentangling sexuality from transness. Anyway, ladies, am I right? The hair, the clothes, I love all of it. And yes, okay, sure, like I said, maybe there were some signs that I was trans that I was missing my whole life. In fact, you can see the Trans Tuesday on The Signs Were Always There, episode 6 of this podcast, where I handily embarrass myself. I also feel there is actual, real, important value in men being able to appreciate those things, too. Well, without thinking that it makes them gay or somehow weak and all that horrid, toxic masculinity bullshit. But even before I had a name for toxic masculinity, all those years I spent pretending and thinking I was a man, I thought there was nothing wrong with my appreciation of that stuff. And I was correct, there is nothing wrong with men appreciating that stuff at all. However, I also felt, I don't know, stymied, restrained in expressing that appreciation. As a kid, it's because your peers and possibly even parents Immediately labeled you gay and an outcast, and of course there's nothing wrong with being gay even if it were true. I mean, I am gay, but I'm a gay woman, not a gay man. But all kinds of gay are good. Increase the gayness in your life. Try gay today. But for a very nerdy, awkward kid, uncomfortable in her own body for her entire life, the last thing I wanted was to be more outcast than I already was. So I just kept my trap shut about girly stuff I liked. Repression and ostracization forces people into the closet, you know? Alexis, I want to ask you, was pre-transition like that for you too? Did you always have this fascination with girls or women that you couldn't quite place?
1: I don't know if I almost, it was more along the lines of, I just always related with them better. Like a lot of my friends in high school were girls and I never thought much of it because I was, you know, I was in marching band. So, you know, I was a big, like it's a very gender diverse community in marching band and like it's you know it's all the the dorks and the weirdos and i can say Mm -hmm. that because i am one so i
2: watch too so yeah i get it
1: and like so the first two years and especially i was in a really big, like i went to a really big high school with a really big marching band and where it was like that's the thing we're known for (laughs) so it's like oh like even though we're not the cool kids in the school we're still like the best thing about the school and so we were we were used to just hanging out with each other all the time, and I never yeah. really thought much of it, and especially because I was always hanging around with the color guard girls, and I would occasionally get questions from a lot of the guys, and I'd be like, well, you guys all want to date them, but I'm the one they hang out with, so you do the math, and surprise, surprise, most of my girlfriends at the time were color guard girls. Little did I know that I was going to want to join the color guard, and I actually did as the first then male color guard member in in my school's history in my junior year. And it became such a thing, and it was like, I had no problems, like, wearing the very, you know, because at the time, they, you know, all the color guard worlds, like, during the uh, parades and stuff, they had, we had different costumes. So, it was like, in our field shows, we had a costume, and that was what it was. Whereas the the band members always just wore their dress uniforms. So for mm-hmm. parades, the Color Guard girls had a very specific dress that they had to wear. And the director's like, well, well, now what do we do? Like, do we just have you, like, you can't move the way you need to in this dress uniform. It's not going to work. And so they ultimately just kind of settled on making, sadly for the parades, like they made me wear the dress uniform and just carry the big banner at the front so oh, I didn't really get uh, to do much, Yeah, but as part of the show, I was front and center. Like I had like the opening dance solo and everything, like got, the most awkward thing in the world for me was being in a room full of, you know, my peers list- were listening to a judge's tape from w- one of the competitions. And they, the director pulled me aside and said, okay, we've already listened to this, but we need you to know there's, the judge is going to talk about you specifically. And he sounds very gay. And are you okay with this? And I was like, yeah, I don't care. Like that, like everybody knows what I am and everything. Like I was already out as bi at that point. So it was like, it wasn't a surprise. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like I'm hearing this flowery language and like this, this guy who is a like well-known choreographer is like gushing and offered me a drum corps spot, like for the summer in that tape. (laughs) And I was like, and everyone's like looking around at the room and be like laughing because they're like, "Oh, he's gay," but like, you know, because it's it was the you know, the late '90s, early 2000s. Yeah. <laughs> so, and but at the same time, they're like, you could tell they were also kind of envious, and that's how it helped me understand that. Like, no, th- th- those kind of compliments and stuff, those are good. Yeah. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a weird day. <laughs> I still think about it. I should have th- I should have thought about it more and figured
0: it out then. we all have those moments so many of them yeah but as an adult it didn't take me long to learn that all too often and the ladies out there can already see this coming compliments on anything like clothing or hair or makeup or anything coming from a seemingly cis man is something else entirely because of course it usually means they're sexually attracted to you or want something from you or might soon harass you or worse I mean, it's basically the same thing as men whistling and yelling at women on the street. It's awful and needs to stop. And there was absolutely no way I was going to be someone who contributed to that. Even if my intentions were just to say I really liked their dress or thought their hair looked amazing, I'd just keep it to myself or talk about it with Susan. Because there was no way for any woman I was talking to to be aware of my intentions. And if I tried to explain that, I'd just come off weird and seem like even more of a creeper. And I don't know if I realize that because I'm trans and always have been, or if I was just actually keenly aware of how a lot of cis men treat women, which again, I suppose I could have been more aware of, as I am a woman, even when I didn't consciously know it yet. I'd like to think it's because I try to be aware of people and their feelings, and the last thing I ever want is to make someone uncomfortable or upset. Or maybe I'm just kind of Midwestern. I don't know. I sincerely hope it's the former, but you can't take the Midwest out of me either. Oop! But... I knew the comfort of the women I wanted to compliment was more important than her knowing some random apparent guy, but her eyeshadow looked amazing. So to the cis guys listening, if you haven't figured that out yet, please heed these words. A woman feeling safe is more important than your need to tell her how pretty you think she is or how sexy her voice is or how much you like her clothes or hair or anything else. Really, don't force your thoughts on random women. I promise you, we don't care. Did you feel this same weird issue with complimenting women pre-transition? Alexis, what was that like for you?
1: Yeah, I I still feel it to be honest with you, which which is weird, but I've got a whole story for that. But the like you I was aware, like hey, just just don't. Because yeah. they don't they don't need to hear it. They hear so many terrible things that yep. even when you come off as genuine, you know, because even as I was listening to, it, I'm thinking like, okay, but what about this? And no, like, just, just don't like, it's just people, like I was saying before, people like to be left alone. Yeah. They just, they just want to go about their day. They don't need your opinion, whether it's positive or negative.
0: Yeah. You know, society forces so much on women about their appearance that, you know, it's so, such a complicated thing for so many of us, cis or trans. So it's, it's better to just not even get into that mess. Exactly. The one, the one place where I do feel a little bit
1: more comfortable is like, if I'm shopping and someone else is like next to me, looking at something like clearly trying to make a decision, that's when I may potentially be like, oh no, that would be great for like that color looks great with your complexion or whatever. Like, because at that point, it's kind of a shared experience of like, I'm looking at this and like, we all go through that. And so maybe that's where they may actually want an opinion, even if it's, especially because if it's someone they don't know, I'm not necessarily going to be protecting that person's feelings. Right. And so I I do understand that, but it's like, you can also, you can catch a vibe whether or not it's a good idea to do that. But what's interesting to me is I find compliments on my appearance. I used to be terrified of it, but now it is the most affirming thing in the world to be given like just the most basic compliment like oh i really like your dress or like yeah i really like your hair like one of my first videos that gained a lot of comments and popularity was i late one night after work i stopped at petco to pick up dog food and the cashier gave me a compliment on my i think it was my eye makeup and i got back to the car and i just i, I almost started to cry and i just decided to pop the camera and i was like this means the most, the, the, the world to me, right? Yeah. Because it's saying to me, it's sa- the, it's that person saying like, cause it was another woman. I see you and I know which, like, I know how hard it is for you. So I want to make you feel better. Yeah. And it's like, for me, I was like, cis women, please hear me out. If you, maybe, maybe you, you kind of clock someone as trans. Don't, don't acknowledge that because that's rude. But if you give us a compliment, you will make our day. You will make our week, depending yeah. on the compliment. And that, to me, was just—it was so important. But at the same time, I also know, like, have to pick your pick your battles because in the right situation, it can actually be really awkward. And w- I deal with this all the time going to Disney. It's so tempting, like, because you see all the little kids walking around in their princess dresses, and I'm, like, wearing a Cinderella shirt, or, like, I'm Disney-bounding as Cinderella, or something like that. And it's perfectly normal, and you see it all the time. You see cis people complimenting little kids in, like, oh, you look so cute in your princess dress, isn't that, I mean, like, is my favorite princess, too. But if I say that, because all of a sudden, like, they see me, and they, like, they see, like cute and all done up but then all of a sudden my deep voice comes through and they're like like you just see the moms like slowly backing their children away and I'm like no 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 like yeah like some people are really cool like the, usually the ones that will they'll engage with us like with me or my family when we're in line or something like that I even had one where the mom tapped like we weren't even talking the mom tapped me on my shoulder and I was like oh lord here we go because we were in line to like it was a long line. I'm like, I'm going to be stuck with these people if this goes bad. And the mom was like, my daughter just wanted to say that, you know, it's really exciting to see Cinderella and Ariel. Cause my wife was a redhead at the time. And I was blonde seeing Cinderella and Ariel on their day off. I I, I like, I'm tearing up thinking about it. Like I was like, okay, I got to hold it together. Like even my <laughs> wife at that point was like, cr- was like ready to cry. And we're like. They think we're princesses. Oh my God. Like, and it, it sounds like a, like I can, it sounds silly, but it's like, it was so affirming to know that like hate isn't like a thing that's, that's inborn in you. Sometimes people just see you as like, Oh no, they're pretty. And they, you know, it feels nice to be told you're pretty.
0: Yeah. I don't think that's silly at all. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. For me, this issue with compliments carried over Even with my lady friends, and not just strangers that I met in daily life, I might venture to say I liked their shirt or something, but usually only if it had something geeky on it that I was a fan of that we could talk about. Outside of that, I just couldn't. I was terrified of upsetting them. Once, while I was waiting to pick Susan up for work, I waved to a friend that walked by and noticed her boots were amazing, just like effing amazing, I'm telling you, and I dug them so much I texted her to let her know that I thought they were great and then instantly chastised myself for it. It was terrified I'd made her feel awkward or unsure, any number of other things, despite us actually being very good friends. She replied and thanked me and all was well. But that was enough to confirm for me that I should never, ever do it again. It just wasn't worth the risk. But now, now my friends know I'm not a dude and don't see me as one, and so maybe it's okay. I still don't think that I have the courage to compliment a total stranger on something, especially (laughs) given that I don't exactly pass for a cis woman, and again, passing is a whole other topic for another time, but you also never know how people are going to react to trans folks. But that's entirely flipped the script, because now maybe I'm worried for my safety if I try to compliment them on something, especially given the entirely bogus, made-up, and completely unsubstantiated view the right-wing peddles that trans women are all sex criminals. Anyway, eventually I felt comfortable enough to tell a lady I've been friends with for many years that she looked cute in a photo she posted. And another lady friend posted a pic from her wedding, and frankly, she looked damn amazing, and I told her so. Neither of them felt uncomfortable with me doing so. It just seemed like it was maybe fine and an okay thing to do. And honestly, that's something I never could have expected or even hoped for. And I'm thrilled. I love making other people happy or being able to bring someone a smile or letting people know that I think they're absolutely killing it at what they do. And I'm not shy about that with their work like art they create or stories they write or anything like that. But now I also feel I can maybe tell them if I think their hair looks amazing today or they look great in that photo they're not sure about. And that's a side effect I never considered, but I'm so glad to find it's happened. It feels like I can connect with friends who are ladies at a level I couldn't before. When you spent most of your life feeling like you were drowning and cut off from everyone around you in the entire world, any level of connection feels extra special. Uh, Alexis, I wanted to ask if you have found any other unexpected bonuses of transitioning, like something you never predicted, but you're so happy it happened. Well, you, you said to keep this PG-13, so I won't talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I agree. We've had allusions to this before as well. But yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay,
1: it's But there is a certain aspect to it of like, Gaining a better understanding of my sexuality and like my, like who I am as a person, but also kind of touching on what you just talked about the idea of like, now I'm more comfortable giving compliments, but also learning like, cause I've seen this within the community where especially people that are newly out and newly transitioning, they're experiencing that teenage rush of hormones. And so they're, they're comfortable but they don't know where the line is. And so that was, that was a big surprise for me of like learning where that line was and knowing the difference between a compliment. And because I'm also neurodivergent, I don't necessarily, like my whole thing is like, you have to tell me you're flirting because I don't know. And so I have to, I come at that situation with other people too. And it's like, I try to, whenever I see somebody post like a, whether it's a selfie or like, Hey, I bought this new outfit. Like I'll see the comments of like, Oh my God, you look so hot. You look amazing. And I understand some people do read that as like, that's just like a compliment, but other people like, no, that's their way of flirting. And to avoid that kind of awkwardness, I'll just like, no, I'm going to focus on the article of clothing that they're talking about. So like, it's, hey, I bought this new dress. Oh my God, that dress looks amazing on you. And I think you focus the compliment on the item and not the person. Yeah. So that way it's like, okay, I'm not sexualizing you. I think that's kind of how you find the balance. It's like, oh, I can totally like have that conversation with a friend, like, hey, I love that dress. Where did you get it? It, it, You kind of couch it with that. And I I think a little of that, like that Midwesternness comes in for me too of like, like, oh, like, because people give me a compliment, like, oh, I love that dresser. I love those boots. Oh, thanks. I got them on sale. And it, like, <laughs> like, it's just such a thing that like my parents all always used to do. Like, yeah, my mom that would does get a compliment. feel
2: deeply Midwestern. Yeah, yeah. Exa-
1: it's like, it's a thing. And I'm like, I don't know if people outside of the Midwest really get that. Like, <laughs> we, we, if we for some reason, we feel the need to tell you where we bought it, how much we paid for it. And whether or not we used a coupon, because you can get that coupon too. Like it's like we were like, was a deal. Yeah, we saved money.
2: Exactly. (laughs) I have definitely had some awkward conversations like that.
0: Yeah.
1: And people look at me like, "Why are you telling me this information?" Uh And and I'm like, "I just, I thought I was helping. I'm sorry." Like, like you, you can take the the girl out of the Midwest, but you can't take the Midwest out of the girl.
0: Exactly right. So, yeah, it's
1: it's it's been a surprise and. Like, kind of re-acclimating and re myself to the idea of, like, oh, this is how, how women work. Like, we yeah. give each other compliments, but we also know there's a line. And early on in transition, you got to learn that line or you get labeled as, like, hey, maybe don't talk to this person. Like, they don't understand the difference between, like, hey, this is, like, that's a cute dress and, hey, that's a cute dress. Like, it's it's all, like, because yeah. you don't get that vocal intonation. over text. And so it's like, you got to figure that out. Yeah.
0: Well, the other side of the compliment coin that you talked about just a little bit back was that pre-transition. Whenever I got complimented on anything having to do with my appearance, I could not run away fast enough. And it was not just compliments in general, because if you complimented Susan's and my writing, well, you were right to do so. And I would thank you very much. (laughs) Listen, we worked very hard and we have some level of confidence. Don't ruin this for us. But any kind of comment on anything at all having to do with how I looked, even if it was just, hey, cool shirt, made me want to run and hide. No, no, don't compliment that. It means you're looking at me and this weird man costume I don't know how to wear. I talked a bit about that and how I always shrunk to make myself as unnoticeable as possible and how all that changed after transition in the Trans Tuesday on confidence. At the time, though, you'll see it was mostly speculation on my part. But I was right because I'm very smart. And you can see that play out in the Trans Tuesday on Into the Unknown, a.k.a. what is happening, a.k.a. a whole new world, when just getting to be me brought a whole surprising new level of confidence. Anyway, I never got a lot of compliments on my appearance or anything physical. I was an average looking dude at best. And I mean, I put no effort into it because being a dude was everything I hated. So
2: you definitely had a uniform.
0: I did.
1: (laughs) Yes, I I think we all do. Yeah, yeah. We all had
0: that
2: uniform.
1: Like it's like oh it's just a t shirt and khaki shorts like just
0: exactly that's that, the, that that's the was, that the uniform trans lady in denial uniform <laughs>
1: probably cargo <laughs> shorts too because we yep. gotta carry stuff
0: oh yeah it was yeah but now not only is that feeling gone it's quite the opposite which I'm pretty sure is how compliments are supposed to work and it's not just that I'm happy a friend likes something I'm wearing or the curls in my hair or whatever but it's because there's the added layer of being seen and not just physically, but seen as a woman. I know that they see me as I truly am, and that is beyond amazing. See the Trans Tuesday on what real cis acceptance looks like, for what they can do to a person, also episode 5 of this show, and something Alexis just talked about. I'm not fishing for your compliments, listeners, truly, but I am agog at the realization that I will now be happy to receive them instead of running away and screaming in terror, It's a whole brand new experience, and I love it. Thank you for being here, Alexis. Thank you for having me. Ladies, your hair is beautiful. You look stunning in that output, and that photo is super flattering. You're amazing, and I adore you. And I've got a lifetime to make up for, so I'm going to tell you every chance I get. Tilly Bridges and Transmission. Tilly's Trans Tuesdays is hosted by Tilly Bridges and Susan Bridges with audio editing and sound mixing by Jillian Morgan. Special thanks to Daisy and Jane for the use of Sorry Not Sorry as our show's theme music. Please stop by and show your support at daisyandjane.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com daisyandjane. You can find me at Tilly Bridges on Twitter and Hive, on Mastodon at tillybridges at mastodon.social, at Facebook.com slash Tilly Bridges, and on Insta at Heck yeah, Tilly Bridges, and you can find Susan on all of those at Susan L. Bridges. The Google Doc and social media versions of this week's topic and all past topics are available at Tuesdays.com For more information, visit PendantAudio.com. Thanks for listening! toxic toxic, mas, toxic masculinity bullshit. I got it. I, I said it. Okay. Good oh. job, Tilly.
2: But you even did before.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs>